Hi guys, welcome back to episode two for 2017 on the Fitness and Lifestyle podcast. And um, today we're joined by a special guest, uh, the owner and founder of Massive Joe's, Joseph Mensell. So welcome to the show, man. Thanks, Danny. Pleasure to be here, man. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on. Um, I know a number of people have kind of recommended that I try and get you on the show at some oh, stage. So uh, I thought, well, I'm in Adelaide, I may as well. Why not? May as well get it done. So basically, yep. guys, today what we're going to talk about um, is a lot of stuff about training, nutrition, and supplementation. Um, but we'll also throw in a few things um, about Massive Joe's and tips that Joe has for um, running a business or or anyone that's wanting to kind of um, start a business with their idea or something they've been wanting to do for a while. So we'll kick things off with um, a little bit of background about your training and nutrition. So let's do it. Um, when did you first start, first start lifting? I first started lifting if you if you go back to like my first experience with with weight training um, was actually for basketball was to improve um, my vertical leap honestly yeah, was the sorry. first thing but but let's let's say uh, you know overall performance as a, as a performance based athlete for basketball and I was first introduced to weights when I was uh, 14 yep. um, by my father and it was just real basic stuff like a lot of body weight you know yeah. chin-ups push-ups yep. um, sit up yeah, yeah just the, just the you know the real foundation i yeah. mean i was a young teenager so you know yeah, yeah. my dad didn't want me stuffing around with weights yeah, yeah. um but that was kind of my first introduction to to resistance training i guess yeah um and then it kind of progressed from there so you know i i, I took a keen interest in it um you know even though basketball was was my my primary focus i kind of really enjoyed the resistance type training so then progressed to you know lifting some basic weights in in a yeah. home gym and and then it kind of you know kind of went from there yeah so. it's pretty much exactly the same as as me to be honest yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so i was i was basketball all the way up until uh, nearly five years ago and i always kind of liked the strength side of things um and then i had ankle surgery and one yeah. thing led to another and then bang yeah here we are. i think you i think you either get introduced to to resistance training from a performance athletics point of view so for you know to increase your performance in whatever performance sport you're playing or you're interested in it from a vanity point of view right yeah. i think that's those are the two main uh, drivers of people yeah, actually getting into the gym and lifting weights yeah so yeah. and something i ask um a lot of guys uh, relatively often is what are some of the mistakes or, or some of the things that you feel like you almost wasted your time with early days or thing probably probably the better way to word it is things that you look back on now yeah that you would do differently if you had your time again i i don't i you know i i, I get asked this question a lot with with fitness and business you know it's the old uh, what would you do differently yeah. type of thing i don't think i'd do anything differently because you learn lessons from mm. your mistakes um but i think when i was you know when i was young as as most young guys do um you know the idea of spot training it was yeah. it was probably a big one you know the idea of you know if i do all these sit-ups i'll get the you know these abs and not really yeah. understanding diet and caloric yeah. deficit and just you know trying to take spot training um you know as a as, as kind of gospel yeah um you know when you're younger you not so much anymore but back when i was young you know you used to read muscle mags and they used to mm. preach all that sort of yeah. stuff as well um and it's just it's just not true you no. know that, that yeah. sort of thing but um but you know I've, I've, I've made a lot of a lot of lifting mistakes yeah. but nothing that i would you know change because you know if i didn't make the mistakes i wouldn't yeah. learn from them 
And what type of um, as a as a teenager were you an ectomorph or did you struggle to put on size yeah. and weight? Or yeah, you, absolutely, yeah? man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I was a skinny dude. Yeah, yeah. and when did yeah. you kind of figure out? the whole nutrition side of things or more so like figure out that you should be taking in more calories than you're burning I think when when I stopped playing basketball yeah um, and I took more of an interest in the competitive side of, of the sport in, yeah. in bodybuilding yeah. um, was really when I started to take a really keen interest in nutrition because I think yeah. you know as a lifter you reach that point when, when you're doing it for you know to improve your athletic abilities for a sport you don't really worry about the nutrition yeah. right it's yeah. kind of like and you get good results yeah. because you're a newbie so you make yeah. newbie gains yeah. <laughs> but then kind of as you get more into it and you take you know you get your gains start to plateau a little bit your yeah. progress plateaus you go okay I need now I need to look at what I'm actually fueling yeah, my body with, um, and I think that's that's really when I started to take a keen interest in nutrition. If there was one thing I could change, it would have been if I knew now. Uh, if, if, sorry, if I knew back then what I know now with nutrition mm. as a basketballer, I would have been a much better basketballer Basketball, yeah. because I would have been yeah. fueling my body a lot yeah. better. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah. So to answer your question, definitely, I think when I when I started you know, taking a much more interest in, in the competitive side of bodybuilding yeah. was really when I started taking my nutrition a lot more seriously. Yeah. And when was the first time you stepped on stage? Uh, when I was 19. 19. Did my, did my yeah. first competition when I was 19. Um, competed in the IMBA state titles here yeah. in uh, here in Adelaide. Yeah. Um, in the teenage division, yeah. obviously, as a 19-year-old. Uh, and that was that was my first my first comp. And from yeah. then, was it kind of consistently year to year, or did you have a break through throughout? Yeah, from so that stage, or? so what I did, uh, well, you, you, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, going back into the archives now. I have to think about this one. So I did the the first comp, and then I took because of the way the age categories worked back then. It was teenage, juniors was tw- so teenage was like. 19 and under juniors was 21 and under and then it was straight into the open so i did my first comp when i was 19 then i took the next year off and then did the one after that when i was 21 so it put me like the top level of juniors Mm -hmm. then i took after that comp i took uh i think it was three years off i don't think i competed again until i was 24 because i had to go into the opens and so going from the age group divisions the teenage and the juniors to competing against you know guys that are in their 30s um was a big step up so i needed time to to kind of grow yeah yeah so then i can i think it was two or three years um competed then and then did a few shows back to back to back um and this is all in natural bodybuilding yeah and then men's physique uh, competitions oh, yeah, yeah. came out. So back when I first started competing, I didn't exist. It yeah. was, you know, now there's so many different divisions. You've got, you know, muscle yeah. model, fitness model, yeah. men's physique. Especially male, the IBA. Oh, yeah. oh, it's uh, just incredible. Yeah. Back then it was bodybuilding or bodybuilding. Yeah. Um, that was your choice. And so then when the men's physique competitions came out and I kind of swapped over from the natural bodybuilding side of things to the men's physique side of things, yeah. um, that was, now four years ago yeah um and then i've competed pretty much every year for for the last four years so yeah cool yeah and obviously it's been a fairly long time sorry since you've done your first competition or it's been a good amount of time in between what uh yeah at this current stage what is your philosophy on on training obviously there's a lot of contrasting um theories on what style of training works best for um you know whether it be natural or yeah or someone that's enhanced um what is your philosophy on training is it kind of 
low reps, heavy weight, high frequency, um, yeah. high volume, what, what do you kind of stick with? Yeah, look, it's a good question, man. And, you know, I think to a certain point, everybody is a little bit individual. Yeah. Everybody is a little bit different. So what works for me isn't necessarily going to work for, you know, people that are listening yeah. right now. Um, but my, my philosophy on training is I train, I spend most of my time in the hypertrophy rep range. Yeah. So reaching failure between 8 to 12 reps um, yeah. per set. Set hitting three to five sets per exercise and you know hitting three to five exercises per muscle group okay um i train bro style so yeah. you know i do chest one day yeah, yeah, back yeah. another day arms yeah. another day i don't do push pull or anything yeah. like that have you ever trialed push pull or yeah absolutely different? yeah yeah, yeah, yeah cool. most definitely um and you found this works best for you i, I find this works yeah. best for me the, the the problem i found with with push pull is i, I was never really able to get good mind muscle connection yeah you know and yeah. you, because you go in you train push you hit chest shoulders and triceps it's a lot of different muscle groups yeah. to focus on and then secondly i mean if you're trying to hit three to five exercises per muscle group you mm. you know if you're hitting chest shoulders and triceps in one workout yeah. you're hitting you know 15 different yeah. exercises yeah. so you train for four hours yeah um so for me it, it you know based on the way i like to train and my philosophy yeah the push pull split doesn't really fit with with that well, philosophy you train, yeah. and you say yeah. you train i guess bro yes. so does that mean that you're training everything once a week or are you still hitting each muscle group twice or are you prioritizing so hit, certain yeah i hit groups? i hit everything once a week yeah. um but i hit my my weakest muscle group which is my chest yeah. um i hit that twice a week okay yeah awesome. but, but everything else is once a week yeah yeah and in regards to nutrition what's your approach um whether it be off season yeah. or, or contest prep are you uh kind of i guess I, I hate the way it's kind of broken up now, but are you a clean eater or you follow macros, flexible yeah, dieting, or yeah, what, you, yeah. what, is, what is your approach? Yeah, um, I, I would consider myself a, a clean eater. Yeah. I'm definitely not not a flexible dieter. Yeah. Um, but I mean, when you when you say you know if it fits your macros, whether you're a clean eater or a flexible dieter, everybody's fitting macros. Macros, yeah. Right. So you are you are choose to fit them with. Uh, with with junk food, yeah. in which case you're a flexible dieter, yeah. uh, or you choose to fit them with whole foods, in which case you're classed a clean eater. Yeah. But everybody is if it fits your yeah. macros. Everybody yeah. is trying to fit some sort of macronutrient plan. If we if we didn't, nobody would progress. Yeah. Um, but my my philosophy to to dieting, uh, you know, has changed over the years as well as I've kind of progressed as an athlete. Back when I was younger, it used to be okay, you know, I picked a competition that I'm going to compete in, um, so I'll start dieting. You know, when I first I was like 12 weeks out, and yeah. then I extend it 16, yeah. and you know, by the time I got to the kind of middle of my com- competitive career, it was 20, you know, 20 weeks yeah. out was kind of like yeah, that's when I start prepping. Yeah. So for those 20 weeks, it'd be you know, follow a diet, hit macros every day, being a clean eater, yeah. I hit them with whole foods, yeah. worry about carbohydrate timing, et cetera, et cetera. But when I was in my quote unquote off season, yeah. it would be, you know, just kind of eat what you want. Yeah. Don't really follow anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you kind of just knuckle down for that contest prep. Contest prep. Whereas now, um, you know, I follow a diet year round. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it, it's not necessarily a caloric deficit diet, you know, preparing for a competition. Yeah. But if it's the if it's an off season, yeah. you know, I don't really have an off season anymore. Yeah. It's I'm trying to eat in a caloric surplus purposefully yeah. to increase my metabolic capacity mm. so that when I start dieting for a competition, you know, I'm starting yeah. at a much higher metabolic intake or caloric intake so I can, you know, get a lot leaner diet for a lot longer yeah. um, and get in 
the best the best shape I can for stage. So yeah, 100%. Yeah, two things there. Like the first thing, you, you hit the nail on the head. I think so many people now that are getting introduced to flexible dieting or yeah. if it fits your macros automatically yeah. think, and it's mainly the people who promote flexible dieting stuff's yeah. fault, but yeah. that is the purpose is to try and eat as much shit as you can. Whereas yeah. like you said, you know, you can be a flexible dieter mm-hmm. and just rotate your food sources, mm-hmm. eating uh, nutrient dense foods, yeah. which a lot of people don't exactly understand. But, um, and then the second thing is, uh, I think people competing or starting to compete now mm-hmm. really don't prioritize their off season. I think they put all their focus on contest 100%. prep. Yeah. When, you know, like yeah. I'm at a point now, like where I'm in my off season, by the end of, by the time I compete again, it will have been uh, 20 months. And mm. like I've put more focus on my off season than I have in my preps. Because, yeah. you know, by the time you get to the prep, you're, all the work's done really. You're just, yeah. you're just kind of sharpening things up. So... 100%. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, the, the, the quality of... Because now, back when I started competing, bodybuilding was so niche, you know, yeah. like no, no one was interested yeah. in it. But now because it's, you know, it's really, it still it's is niche, but it's, but, well, it, it yeah. almost is, you yeah. know, it's burst out of that. A yeah. lot more people are interested in it. And then obviously you get a lot more people that are really good at it. Mm. So if you want to be good now, um, you can't just diet for 20 weeks leading into a show. Yeah. You, you know, if you want to mix it with the best of the best guys, you need to be contest prepping year, year round. round yeah. yeah. You know, so yeah. it's definitely changed. Yeah. For sure. And which, out of those, uh, out of those training sessions you do throughout the week, which one or which muscle group is your favorite to train and which exercise would be your favorite? Oh, that's a tough question, man. I, I look, I, I love, I love training everything. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think different workouts, I enjoy them for different reasons. Um, you know, I, I, at the moment, if you ask me, probably my favorite workouts at the moment are my back workouts. Yeah. Um, I'm just going through a phase where I really enjoy training enjoy back. Training. Yeah. <laughs> I can't yeah. really say why. Yeah. Um, uh, well, actually, I was fortunate enough to do a back workout with Kai Green um, yeah, towards the, towards the end of last year, and I yeah. think you know every time now I train back, I'm thinking about that workout and yeah. you know trying to replicate the yeah. intensity and you know the the volume and that. So I guess that's probably why I enjoy training. Is that back a bit of an eye opener to how he trains, or was oh, it yeah. just a completely different other level? Yeah, no, yeah. it was that was more importantly than an eye opener to to how Kai trains. It was an eye opener to um, what 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 your body's capable of. So, you know, the, the one thing that I get all the time, because we do, at Massive Joe's, we do a lot of different training events. You know, we've trained yeah. together before. Yeah. Um, we do open coming trains where we get, you know, people to come train with us and whatnot. And the consistent feedback that I get from guys that I train with who have never trained with me before is, you know, the intensity is, is a lot, it's a lot more intense yeah. than how I normally train. Yeah. And then so effectively, that's what I experienced when I trained with Kai, Kai. Yeah. is I was like, I've never trained with that sort of intensity yeah. before. And I've trained with a lot of guys, I've trained yeah. you know, with, with a bunch of guys, Ronnie yeah. Coleman, uh, Doug Miller, the best natural pro on the on the planet. Um, you know, I've trained with a lot of different athletes, but Kai was level? just a different level. Shit. I was like, you know, I thought I was training with a high intensity. Yeah. I thought this was like, you, like, you can't train any, yeah. any more intense than this. And then we go and train with Kai and it was like, wow, this is yeah. just, there's a whole different level. Yeah. You know, and when, so, when you say a higher intensity, is that shorter rest periods, like heavier sets? Is it more it's, training it's, to failure, or what is it? It's just like, for example, let's say let's say you take a back workout, for example, yeah. and so you might hit you know five, six, you know, big workout, you might hit seven different exercises, yeah. and you know, go on balls to the wall for all yeah. of them. You get to the end of the seven, you're like, man, my back is screwed. Like that's it. You know, I've yeah. been training for two hours. I'm done. So then Kyle will take that 
and then add another four exercises on top, yeah, okay. another hour of training until you literally like cannot pick a weight up. That's, you know, that's, that's the kind of, yeah. you know, it's, it's like, you know, you think your body's done, you think you've failed. Well, let's go and train for another hour on longer, top of yeah. that. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned that you're in a calorie surface now. So yep. obviously um, not in a comp, a comp prep phase or Correct. a dieting phase yep. or yeah, deficit phase. So yep. um, when do you plan on stepping on stage next? Uh, that's a good question, man. Yeah. That's a very good question. I'm, I'm not 100% sure yeah. just yet. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see how we go see, towards yeah. towards the end of the year. Yeah. But you know, the the good thing about the way that I go about my my quote unquote off season yeah. now is I'll continuously you know increase my my calories. So one thing that a lot of people don't understand is a lot of people get when you're in caloric deficit when you're preparing for a bodybuilding show and you're trying to reduce body fat mm. is you reach plateaus yeah. right so you reach a plateau you have to decrease your, your calorie intake yeah. or increase your caloric output do yeah. do more do more cardio that yeah. sort of thing until you reach another plateau yeah. you do the same thing another plateau you do the same thing well your body does the same thing in the opposite direction yeah. right so when you're in caloric surplus yeah. is your body will upregulate metabolic rate mm. um, and you plateau so the way that I go about my quote unquote off season diet now is I'll you know continuously increase my my caloric intake um, you know indefinitely yeah so it, it, you know I can I can pick a competition when I want to you know compete in yeah. um, and then flip my caloric surplus on its head at whatever point in time I want and yeah. go from surplus to deficit yeah and you know get ready for a show, show yeah. um, so there's you know it, it's a completely different mindset yeah. to how most people prep for yeah for competitions I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that actually so I've got my kind of own own theory on this and from uh, comp to comp or prep to prep sorry I'll yeah. like you said try and push my calorie intake to a point each off season or, or mm-hmm. calorie surplus phase so that when I diet down um, hopefully I'll be dieting on higher calories or yeah. or an extended period of time and be able to eat more food and still lose fat Yeah. do you think um, by pushing your calories higher throughout the off season and mm-hmm. staying at a relatively good body fat mm-hmm. you actually can increase that that um, the lowest point of your calorie deficit, or do you most think you'll definitely. always end up back at that? No, similar, most, similar no, spot? most definitely. That's yeah. the whole. That's the whole point. Yeah. is it's you know it, it's called your um, your uh, uh, capa- effectively your metabolic capacity, capacity yeah. is is what it is. Yeah. So if you can increase your metabolic capacity, which is the amount of calories your body can consume yeah. and maintain body weight, so not put on any weight, yeah. um, you know you you're then able to get as lean as you would have gotten in the past but consume more calories so if you think about a real good example is if you think about somebody who starts at let's pick a body let's say 10% body fat right so let's say someone weighs 100 kilos at 10% body fat they start prepping for a contest 20 weeks out and their caloric maintenance is 3000 calories you take that exact same person who's been increasing their caloric surplus consistently over the off season, increasing their metabolic capacity. So exactly the same person, 100 kilos, 10% body fat, yeah. starts dieting on 5,000 mm. calories. Yeah. Who do you think has the bigger metabolic capacity? Yeah, exactly. It's the guy that starts on yeah. 5,000. And therefore, you know, let's say 20 weeks down the track, who's gonna be able to get leaner? Yeah. The guy that started on 5,000, yeah. because he's got more capacity when he hits those plateaus during a caloric deficit, mm to then go and push through those plateaus time and time again. Yeah. Whereas the guy that started on 3,000, I mean, you know, there's a 100 kilo, 10% dude, by the yeah. time you get down to 1,800 calories, 
that's it, man. Yeah, you yeah. Know, you can't do a whole lot else. Yeah, I hundred so, percent agree. And like, because yeah. like I said, I, by the time I prep again, it'll be twenty months, which will be kind of midway through this year. Yeah. And a few people have said like, why, why continuing your off season? Well, not only do I need to put on size, but you know, hopefully by the time I prep again, like, yeah. like, like we just spoke about, I can be kind of dieting down on higher calories and um, and staying fuller and looking better. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, so as a natural, you have to be one of the best guys to ask this question. As a natural athlete, yeah. what are the top supplements that you would suggest using or supplements that are actually worth your money and yeah. going to give you a, a positive, um, or a, what am I trying to say, give, give you some sort of benefit? Give you a bang for your buck yeah, yeah, sort of thing. One, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I, you know, I, I've got kind of like a top list of, of, you know, supplements that are like my foundational type supplements that I won't really go without. Yeah. Um, the first one is obviously protein powder, um, which I don't generally consider a supplement because if you consume enough protein through whole foods, foods. you don't need to be using a protein yeah. powder. But the fact of the matter is, you know, a lot of us, it, firstly, it's expensive to get mm. protein from whole foods. Yeah. Um, and secondly, you know, it's convenient and tasty yeah, and, you know, um, just nice to have yeah. it from a protein powder. So I think you know a good everyday protein yeah. powder, um, whey protein, mm-hmm. um, whey protein concentrate. As a matter of fact, is yeah, okay. best by with yeah, biological right. value. Yeah. Um, the next thing you know, next most important supplement from my perspective are your branch chain amino acids. Yeah. Um, for use during the day, but more importantly for use during workout training. Yeah. Um, you know, I think BCAAs are you know by far the most uh, critical supplement. Um, that you can take as a, as a natural athlete yeah. at least and even in an enhanced athlete yeah. you know enhanced athletes can't get BCAAs from any other source yeah. you know so you have to get even them. in a fed state so if you're in a calorie surplus and yep. you're training at the end of the day and you're mm-hmm. taking in a good amount of food and yep. um, amino acids from your food already yep. uh, do you reckon it's still as beneficial to have your aminos when you train as it would be if you were fasted first thing in the morning most definitely yeah. 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 yeah they're obviously going to be much more important if you're fasted yeah. first thing in the morning but you know, correct intake of BCAAs, yeah, which okay. are essential amino acids, is, yeah. is is crucial. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. In my 100%. opinion. Yeah. Um, those would be my 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 definite definite top twos that I'd yeah, say okay. every athlete should be using those yeah. two. Um, and then you know, it it really comes down to to your personal kind of preference and really what you need, um, which is going to be quite individual. So you might go, okay, well, my next most important supplement is is creatine. Um, or my next most important supplement is is a you know a protein peptide type type supplement. Yeah. Or you know I know that I train late at night and my energy levels are usually low. So for me, the next most important might be a good pre workout supplement. Yeah. yeah. Um, or you know I'm in my late thirties, therefore I need to start looking at hormone supplementation. Yeah, okay, so yeah. my next most important one might be a test booster. Test booster yeah. Um, you know the list is is quite long, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> You've seen my supplement yeah. stack. I take all sorts of stuff. <laughs> Yeah, but bre- breaking it down to basics, you know, a good everyday whey protein powder, yeah. um, a good BCAA supplement that you can use during your workouts and, and then in between and with meals as well yeah. um, would definitely be the top two. Yeah. And and like I train a fair few athletes as well, whether sure. it be kind of amateur or professional level. Mm-hmm. You think those two supplements uh, are a go-to as well? Yeah, most definitely. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for performance athletes. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, awesome. absolutely. Awesome. I mean, when I was when I first started taking supplements, um, BCAs didn't exist back then. Yeah, you, you could get them, but they were like capsules. Yeah. Um, but back when I take a thousand. Of them yeah, well, that's yeah. it. Back when I first started taking supplements, it was whey protein um, and creatine. Yeah. Yeah. Were, were, were my two go-to's as a performance athlete. That's when you were playing basketball. That's it. Yeah. 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 That was like when I was like 14, 15 yeah. years old. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next one dealing with adversity whether it be you know from a competition whether it be something to do with business it might be something that's gone wrong with the business or yep. a loss you've had in the business mm-hmm. how do you go about dealing with adversity uh you you focus well this is what i do is i focus on the fact that um everything is short term so you know whatever adversity you're going through you know it may last an hour it may last yep. a day it may last a week a month six months a year um, it's short term and it, it will pass at some point um, you know and I've experienced adversity both from you know fitness perspective with you know competitions and yeah. whatnot and then from a business perspective you know personal life perspective yeah. everyone goes through tough times um, but you know I think if you can you, you know focus and appreciate that everything is short term um, and that adversities you know whatever shape they may take will pass mm-hmm. um, you know you can kind of stay positive and you know, yeah. ride the wave, yeah. so to speak. All right, two more questions. First one, yeah. this is going to be a massive punt, and we're going to come back to this if you're right, which mm-hmm. would be amazing if you are. Mm-hmm. 2017, Mr. Olympia. Yep. Men's physique and bodybuilding, who are you picking? Uh, bodybuilding will be will be Phil Heath, yeah. most definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think the only guy that can beat Phil, um, and it won't be this year, uh, it'll probably be in two, three, four, five years maybe, um, will be Dallas Macaba. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty certain of that just because I, you know, I see the progress that Dallas has made over the last few years and um, if he can continue to keep that progress up, he'll be the guy that'll, be, that'll beat Phil Heath. Yeah. Um, and there's really no one I can see beating Phil apart from Dallas yeah, at the moment been, yeah. unless there's someone who comes up behind Dallas and progresses even quicker than he does yeah, okay. um, which once again I can't yeah. see happening because I would have heard of them yeah. Um, yeah so I think Phil Heath most definitely uh, men's physique honestly man like your guess would be could as be good as mine anyone, yeah. probably the guess of someone walking down the street who <laughs> yeah. has no idea what men's physique is like would probably, would pro- <laughs> yeah it would probably be as good as mine because it's a category that's that's continuously changing mm. um you know, and the, I think the, the, the judging criteria um, is so wishy-washy at the moment that, you know, they, they could decide in 2017 that, okay, now we've got classic physique, so we want guys who look like Jeremy Buendia and Jeremy Potvin and, you know, these types of, you know, very muscular guys, we don't want them in the men's physique category, yeah. so I, we're actually going to place them last. And yeah. that'll be a good message to them that they need to move up to classic physique. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I honestly don't know. Yeah. I don't know where it's heading. Yeah. Um, and I don't think the IFBB knows where it's heading mm. either, which is why they keep creating new divisions. Yeah, um, yeah. I think you can, you can see <laughs> yeah. that with the competitors too. Like yeah. um, the feedback that you see post-Olympia, yeah. it's yeah. just nobody knows. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just all over the place. So um, yeah, I, I, I'm... I really don't know, man. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not too sure where the men's physique category is going to go. Yeah. But bodybuilding would definitely be a feel, feel, feel Yeah. All right, we'll yeah. come back to this. We'll come yeah. back to this. 
Uh, last question: Where where is Massive Joe's, or what is Massive Joe's doing in 2017? Any big plans or? Yeah, man. Yeah. So we've we've got a you know we've always got a lot of things happening. 2017 is going to be a, a particularly big year for us. Yeah. Uh, we've got another three retail stores opening this year. Awesome. Um, in at least two new states, so we're, we're opening a Sydney store, um, we're opening a Queensland-based store, um, and then we're the third store that we do towards the end of this year. Um, we're not 100% sure where it's going to be yet. It could okay. be in another new state, or yeah. we could go back to Western Australia. We could okay. go back to Victoria. We could yeah. go back to New South Wales and open a second store over there. Yeah. Um, so we've got a lot happening from the retail point of view. Yeah. Uh, we're exhibiting internationally once again this year, so we'll yep. be over at Body Power in the UK with TMJ Apparel. Um, we possibly be at the Olympia Expo in Sweet. Las Vegas with TMJ Apparel as well. Um, yeah, we we got a lot going on, man. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. yeah. <laughs> any, uh, any future plans of going international with with um, the supplement stores? Uh, probably not with the supplement stores, man. Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of difficult for an Australian company to go international with supplements okay. because a lot of the supplements are sourced from the US. Um, you really have to be a US-based yeah. company to be able to do that or based in the country that you're operating with. Yeah. Um, but the apparel side of things is different, which is why we do the international yeah. expos with, with yeah. TMJ Apparel because you know you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Um, but supplements, you know, being being that that grey area between foods and therapeutics, and you know, different countries have different laws and how they're regulated, and you know, it's it's a it, it's really quite quite uh, difficult to do it if you're not the company making the products based in the US. Yeah, that's understandable. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's it for me, mate. So I really appreciate you coming on today. Um, You're welcome, and man. I'm Thanks sure for having some me. Really good feedback um, from the episode. But um, if there's anything else you want to add, feel free to feel free to uh, throw that out there now. But if not, we'll um, we'll finish up. Absolutely, man. No, it's been a, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks for the awesome. opportunity. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, if you enjoyed the episode, please do uh, leave a review and subscribe if you haven't already, and check out some of the uh, the past episodes. And I'll chat to you guys again next week.